This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who quite literally sits here, gets in a zen mode, breathes out, and starts with the phrase, and I can watch my patrons laugh at me every time I do it. What phrase do you do? A phrase? How I how I start the oh. like okay let's do a podcast breathe in yeah breathe out switch the face on and like everybody like I see you react to it I see everybody react to it like oh Jen's getting in I wish zone. I had like a visual cue for like here's the zone I'm just like in every zone at all times <laughs> hashtag ADHD <laughs> and I'm bravada. The one who always ruins the intro and is the reason for Jen's next line in the script. (laughs) And if you're new here, welcome to the beautiful chaos. Uh, Tonight we are not analyzing a specific character or in-game using fuck me. Okay, it's not in the script, so that's why I was like, wait a minute, it's not what we normally go with. For our Patreon chats, we don't do a spoiler alert, but maybe we should. Because, what, we're going to be talking specifically Bioware games today. Um, But if you've listened to this podcast, we've kind of talked every Mass Effect game, except for Andromeda, and two of the three Dragon Age games that are out. It is chaos tonight, Cass. I drank the chaos juice. It started a lot earlier in the day than I was used to. I started drinking it around like two o'clock this afternoon when I got a text message. And yeah, I've been weird all day. All right, we're going to go around the room. Welcome, Muffin Cake. It is not your first time being here, but you know, it's your first time on a patron chat. Welcome yeah, back. Super excited. Hopefully, our faces don't confuse everyone too much. At least she's got cat ears on. You can tell us apart. <laughs> I have my glasses on too. Oh yeah, duh. Oh the the voices. Oh my god. Those are so <laughs> Wait, should similar. I like lower register it for tonight? I don't know. <laughs> we could just I be mean, if you want to, we super... can talk in the low register voice, but I got yelled at. Who I got yell- yelled at for it. Jen, you can't turn on the sexy voice just whenever. You have to build up to it. <laughs> Who said that to you? Huh? Oh. No, because I used it on my male co host. Toasty said that to you? I used it on Toasty. Toasty. Oh, okay. He didn't okay. yell at me. He didn't yell at me. He's like, ah, Jen turned on the voice, <laughs> not the voice. Oh, yeah. okay. too much power for one person. It is. It's a lot of power. And with great power comes great responsibility. Apollo, why aren't you trying to rein this conversation in? You're supposed to be well, the one cracking the way. waiting to say hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Apollo. Thank you for continuing to be here and dealing with our insanity. That night, you are here to round out the party of the chaos. General Kenobi. Live via satellite. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, You were out there traveling the galaxy, and you made a pit stop in order to hit the relay convoy buoy so that way you could transmit your data back over ftl look at that me throwing in mass effect terminology correctly into the episode where we are talking mass effect or dragon age or any other bioware i mean really i think mass effect and dragon age are who we're really going to be talking about tonight because i don't think that there were any romances in anthem and I don't think that Bioware's really put out anything else that has romance in it. Oh, wait, KOTOR. Yeah, KOTOR, Baldur's Gate 2. I was hoping I was going to be able to surprise with my option, but okay. Nope, 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 nope. I romanced a lot of people in SWOTOR. I might have to load it back up again. I kind of miss my husband. 
Okay. Let's get into the insanity of tonight because the topic kind of is going crazy and what to do in case you're getting to that point. Tonight, our topic is couples therapy. Let's take our favorite lovers to therapy. Couples counseling, Bioware edition. I'm off any cake. This was your idea. This was your proposed topic that the patrons then voted on and agreed with that it sounds amazing. Let's do it. So explain what you had in mind when you thought of this. Well, it was mostly just the fact that we kind of spend a lot of time talking about the romances, but also it would, I thought it would be really fun to just pretend to be their therapist because it's almost like we talk about them like they can't hear us in the podcast. So I feel like it would be interesting to talk about them as if they were right in front of us. <laughs> just, you know, mm. what, what would what would we say to Garrus? Mm. You know, what would we say to him if he was sitting there and probably that he's perfect okay. doing everything right, but that was basically the idea behind it. If they could hear us, what would what would we say to them? <laughs> okay. All right. Also, you guys should all be intimidated because she has a psychology degree, so she's like knows what she's doing. Just an undergrad one. <laughs> it's like kindergarten for therapists. Just an undergrad level. <laughs> Step zero. <laughs> All right. So does anybody have someone that they have in mind? Who do you want to take to therapy? And what would you say to them? Because the characters that I had in my mind, like I was like, oh my God, Jack, my poor Jack, she needs therapy. And then I'm like, no, Mass Effect 3 Jack seems like she's worked through a lot of her shit. Yeah, sure. She needs continuing ongoing therapy after all of this, but she looks like she's done it. She's done some work. But like if she were in a couple with Shepard or like anybody, I guess you could just pick whoever Jack would be with. She would probably have some stuff to work on, like, as, like, a, a partner. Yeah, like, she still punches people when she's mad. Yeah. We don't use our fists, Jack. Yeah. I think Jack might be in a relationship. I think might Jack might turn into a little bit obsessive because I feel like she's the kind of person that goes all in 100% on whatever. And so in a relationship, I think, I don't, I think she'd have to work through some, some stuff to, to be in a healthy relationship. I agree. I feel like she doesn't really have any kind of like neutral. She's kind of like zero to a hundred and there's really not a lot in between. (laughs) Hmm. Sorry. I'm laughing at uh, Twitter uh, uh, chat. Chat is being great. Yuri says, Caden, when you got mad at me for being dead for two years, it made me really sad. (laughs) But she's using her eyes. We were on a break. We were on a break. (laughs) I mean, I was dead is a pretty good excuse. Yeah. So that's I'm such a fan of that show. If I have to hear one more time, we were on a break. It's like, dude, you get it. Hey, Ross. Hey, Rachel. We know. Yes. Oh, friends. Amazing. I hate that show. Yes, that one was Sorry. a friends joke. I My dad watched it way too much. The amount of times I had to try to go to sleep with that stupid ass theme song blasting through the house because my dad falls asleep with the speakers on full blast every time. I can't stand it now. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. <laughs> your job's joke, no. you're broke, your love's like you away. Of course. It's just flashing <laughs> Okay, V, we are going to therapy. Let's go. Okay, V, we are now in couples therapy. We're here. Who's your person? Who are you um, taking? Just because you're divorcing me right now. Okay. I'm going to call on I you. Mean, I mean, the fact that you even have to ask tells me that you don't know me at all. <laughs> I'm going to pick Solus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, valid. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've got, first of all, as, as a Lavellan player, I have a lot of things to say to him in the presence of a couples therapist. But with that aside, like as if I were his couples therapist, my instinct would be, Solis, why do you feel the need to build a wall between you and the person who's supposed to love you? Like, why do you feel like you can't share your truth? You know, because he he sure don't. 
Why do you think that people will automatically be against you, Solus? We need to get vulnerable here. I also would have accepted Fenris. <laughs> yeah, he's too broken. I feel like Solus has hope. I'm trying to think. I fully agree that Solus and Lavellen would benefit from therapy. Um, actually, Solus and any Inquisitor would really benefit from therapy to help understand. Because for for some people, they don't understand where Solus is coming from. And I think the openness that commun- and communication that comes with it would really it would move things forward yeah. um even to help understand and then for solace to see our side of the story too like uh, maybe not trying no, to exactly. kill everyone and yeah like solace needs to work through his extreme chain of reactions which is like i was wronged i tried to fix it i made a mistake the only way to fix my mistake is to completely remake the fabric of reality as we know it no, Solus, there's like a way less dramatic thing you can do, which is just learn to live with your mistake and realize that the world is okay as it is. You don't need to kill everyone to redeem yourself. You need to redeem yourself to you first, Solus. Forgive yourself. It's not your fault. No, sh- it's not your fault. Yeah, no, it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Bat Knight, Apollo, which one of you... Who's taking somebody to therapy? Who are you taking? Well, I read it. So it said couples, can they make it? So I kind of thought about it in that sense of a couple, would they or would they not make it after the game? Not so much as in like couples therapy. So I was thinking with of Garrus and Tali in that they would not make it because of the incredibly different places their entire species would be in after Mass Effect 3. Palavin is wrecked. The plant Garrus is going to have to be in his home world rebuilding it. Rannoch is being rebuilt. I, I don't see a way where they make it because they're going to be in a long-distance relationship, a literal light-year long-distance relationship. I don't see how they can make it because they both mean too much to their people. I think they would both choose their people over each other in the end. And I'm really only using you for your body, Vicarian. I mean, yeah. I think that's fair. She can use him for his body, but also I kind of feel like she has like a Gaturian thing from her favorite movie. What was that movie called? Uh, oh, uh, Fleet and Flotilla. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's what it is. There we go. Yeah, so that movie. I feel like she's so she was a little Corian, just like mm, I love Turians. I want to end up with a Turian. So she finds like a hot one who's available, and she goes for it. I'm not going to lie. Y'all talking about how she has a specifically a Tyrion fetish is just everything I know from Mass Effect 3 is a lie because she said it was just, you know, alien races, which included me. You know, my shepherd was an alien to her, but y'all, now you're telling me it's just Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for her because she probably feels safer with a Tyrion because they're both dextro amino acid folks. And they can eat the same food. We would have made it work, V. Yeah, that's true. Love finds a way. But in Tally and Garrus' case, it's lust finds a way. Yeah. And they definitely have the trauma bond for the like basis of their relationship. And as long as they can then continue to find things in common and actually working towards common goals in their life then yes um but i think the common goal of rebuilding society on two entirely separate planets uh it might make it a little bit difficult there would be a lot of video chat and that doesn't always work especially as they're going to be high by the end of mass effect 3 they're pretty much high as hell ranking officials in both of their races right Mm mm-hmm because Tally's an admiral, and Garrus, I mean, I think, like, his official title was, like, a Reaper Task Force, right? But then the fact that his dad's high-ranking, and then he's obviously going to get something after this, because if Victus uh, survives, then he'll get a promotion through that. 
that and they're rich as fuck now, you know, because I'm pretty sure that uh, Garrish sold all the vids they made. <laughs> I feel like, like my sister said in the chat, like, they have a relationship due to proximity. And I feel like the best way to sum up their little liaison are these lyrics from Fall Out Boy, because Fall Out Boy's my favorite band. It's, um, my head's in heaven, my souls are in hell, let's meet in the purgatory of my hips and get well. I think Tally's definitely a notch in his bedpost. <laughs> yeah. Tally's a notch in his bedpost, and he's just a line in her song. In her song, yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't romance Tally, isn't Garrett, wouldn't that be her first? Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah, so he's, that's why she is a notch in his bedpost, because he's not a virgin because he had sex with that other Turian, the reach and flexibility conversation. Slutty Turian. <laughs> well, culturally, you know, they just do that to de-stress. Reapers are pretty stressful. I mean, I don't know. That's why I feel like it doesn't, Tally doesn't act like it really means that much. I think everyone's relationship mass effect is pretty much just like, let bang right now. Okay. Let's yeah. bang, okay? <laughs> um, have you ever watched have you ever watched the bro shop version of the Garrus Citadel DLC date or the non-romanced Garrus Citadel? Yeah, where he's like wingman for Garrus mm -hmm. and that Turian lady. Yeah. yeah. So Garrus has got game. He just finds himself a nice little casual one night stand. And then he goes, thanks for the memories. I can't stop. <laughs> I know, we can't. So that's why we have to move it along. <laughs> that night. Uh, my turn. Um, okay, so I was actually looking at it kind of similar to how Apollo was. Um, or actually, to be more specific, I was looking at it as a, why would this couple go to couples therapy? And the one mm. I was thinking of was... Uh, Bastila Shaw and Revan from Knights of the Old Republic. Because whether you go good guy ending or bad guy ending, that relationship doesn't exactly begin under the best of circumstances. She starts out as your superior, your teacher in the Jedi Order. She's, you know, showing you how to become a Jedi. Granted, you know, spoilers for a nearly 20-year game, but... Uh, you know, you start out not knowing that you're actually a formerly super powerful Sith, and so she's teaching you in the ways of the Order. So there's flirtation, and there's even, if you do the right dialogue, a, you know, a kiss between the two of them beforehand. But the relationship doesn't actually form until she has gotten captured and corrupted to the dark side. So she is sitting here approaching you of, you know, uh, you know how we feel about each other and the order won't let us be together. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. So she comes on heavily under the influence of the dark side, which if you want to use the metaphor, she's, you know, under the influence. So that's how this relationship starts. Now, if you go evil and decide, yes, we can be together, we can rule the galaxy together. Well, the, I mean, let's face it. There's, every number of things you could uncork there with, you know, red flag, red flag. Um, if not, then, you know, you break her of the spell. Well, then that could be like a form of codependence, couldn't it? So either way, as much as it was one of my first video game romances and it will always hold a special part, I don't think exactly, I don't think it's a healthy one. Hmm. You lost me at fraternization when she was your superior. I was like, already no. Next. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. <laughs> okay. I have so many thoughts. Because, one, as the resident Sith in this house, uh, I do not believe that Sith are evil. I know. I, I know. I know. Sith are not. Thank you. I appreciate that. So they're not evil. What they do is they actually have human emotion and they express that. Uh, the Jedi have a sense of purity and a sense of sociopathy that I just can't deal with. Um, so I don't like the fact that they cannot feel they can't feel passion. They can't feel compassion. They cannot feel love. They cannot feel adoration. They only have to go with those base pure emotions. 
And I can't live my life with that. So that is why I walk the path of the dark side. So that way I can have love. I can have fire. I can have passion and heat. And that is why I love the dark side. But do do any Sith actually love anyone? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. In SWOTOR, I have this beautiful in uh, Star Wars, the Old Republic. Um, it is the MMO version. So um, there are a lot of relationships that you can have. And a lot of them are built off of, you know, y- you've come with me on this journey. We've built trust through each other. Hey, you did murder that guy for me. And that was totally hot, babe. But, you know, so there are some not nice things about it, but they really do have a really great relationship that and it's complete open and polyamory. So, I mean, you can have like five different lovers all living on your ship together. It's amazing. So, but in KOTOR, I don't know enough about it yet to really know how that relationship dynamic works out. Paulo, I know you played it. What about you too? Um, I mean, I don't, I with him, there's no way it would work. I mean, the whole, everything is based on a lie. For pretty much 80% of the game, Bastil is lying to you. And when you finally find out she, the truth, she's a Sith, and would, you have to bring her back or go dark side, there's no way. Yeah, it wouldn't work. Oh my God, she's hmm. a Sith? I'm sorry. I never played it. <laughs> so, spoiled for me. Uh, yeah, we're actually going to be doing the KOTOR romances very very soon so I will learn all about it too I know my husband loves Bastila also I think it's the same thing as you Bat Knight it's just that was the first video game romance so it has a special place and Bastila was voiced by Jennifer Hale so that helps oh well yeah gosh color me surprised that we love her Muffany did you have somebody to present who did you I want did, to but I didn't realize I limited it to just Bioware because earlier today I have so many thoughts about Judy. So, like, is it cool if I just talk about Judy? Yeah, because <laughs> I loved her, but I obviously romanced Judy. I was a female V, but I will say that Judy, Judy could use some therapy, <laughs> which I think if you've romanced Judy, you probably agree with. I hope so, anyway, because she definitely has some things to work on. Um, just, I was reading into her past a little bit more earlier today, and she's pretty much dated everyone she's worked with. So, including Maiko, which is kind of psycho, because Maiko's kind of, well, she was. I, I murked her in my game. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> she was pretty psycho. And it just seems to me that it wasn't really, I don't think Judy is capable at this moment or like, hypothetically at this moment of being alone it seems like she's very codependent um because honestly if you're kind of a little bit more detached like now that i finished the game and i'm i haven't played it in a while i was looking back and i was like that night when she showed me around her hometown and we like she was like we were in the bathroom and she was like having you know a moment she kind of like uses v a little bit like to fill that void of evelyn being dead you know so it's just kind of it's not healthy that Judy doesn't really process her emotions ever. She just finds the next person to cling on to. So she definitely, I think, could be a very great partner to somebody because she is so sweet and caring and honestly really smart. And she is a she could be an independent person because she has that within her. But she's pretty broken and she needs a lot of help, I think. So that she was my first thought as soon as I was thinking about Anybody who needs therapy, it's Judy. I know you have thoughts of Paula. Uh, <laughs> she's definitely got separation issues. As in, I mean, everyone that she, everyone, everybody dies on her. She loses everyone. She lost her hometown. Like she, oh, she's so used to losing everything. I think she just grabs onto, she grabs onto stuff so fast because in her mind, it's going to be gone tomorrow, a week, a month, who knows? So she's got to go all in immediately. It's so sad. It's like almost yeah. worse to romance her too, though, because like V's gonna die, and she's just repeating the process for her. My, I, when I was thinking about her, I was just like, she needs to do that whole like therapy thing of, um, like, she's not like a sex addict, but you know, like a codependency or like relationship addict or serial monogamist, whatever you want to call it, where they say like, okay, get a plant 
and keep the plant alive for like six months and then maybe get like a a cat or something and then find a relationship after like a year of working on yourself and learning to care for stuff. You know, maybe she should do that. <laughs> there needs to be some more plants in Night City too anyway. As I've said before, it's to be fair, literally everyone in Night City needs therapy. The whole city is broken. If you live in that city, you're messed up in some way. So, I mean, everyone needs therapy. Yeah. I think the healthiest person in that game was Pan Am. Like, I will never not be upset that I couldn't romance her as female V. <laughs> she is the best, but she definitely oh, yeah. also needs therapy. <laughs> I mean, but Pan Am is like the only one who had like family a family yeah i mean like river Social to an extent support. too yeah like a, a support system yeah river i honestly he's so forgettable i forgot i forgot, I forgot about him <laughs> until you were like i was like wait Pan the only one with a family and i'm like wait no river has like a niece and nephew and his sister but um he's a great he also, uncle <laughs> yeah he's 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 cute but also like he's in night city and dealing with all the shit all the time so River had the potential to be a really good romance, but they would just, just debug didn't. him. And okay, so Pan Am would definitely need therapy. I think she has a lot of PTSD built up. And I think But she has like the safety net, you know, like Judy doesn't feel I was just to say Pan Am has like the safety net though, like a big safety net. She doesn't have like one or two people that she relies on. She relies on this whole community. So I feel like she, you know, she does get vulnerable with you in a way that the others kind of just hint at. And I don't think Judy ever really does. Like, she's just kind of, when you, when you brought up the whole thing about Evelyn, she was remembering Evelyn dying and then immediately wants to have sex with you because she doesn't want to deal with any of that, distract herself. She does that with her work too. Like, yeah. Even in her apartment, like she's never not working. She's always distracting. She can't ever be like alone with her thoughts. Mm -mm. So she never truly gets vulnerable because you have to know what you're feeling and feel it to do that. Yeah, that's true. Cause that wasn't really a vulnerable scene, but then at least, cause I did, I did romance river just to kind of see what it would be like. And he actually did get vulnerable with you at the, what is that? A water tower. I can't remember if that was mm -hmm. a water tower. Yeah. I think it's a water tower. Yeah. So that, that was a nice scene, but yeah, he could have, he was just, they did, They should have fleshed him out a little bit more, pun intended. Mm, no, he definitely has the flesh. <laughs> I was just waiting for a Jen comment. <laughs> I got you. Um, I think this is a good little time for us to take our mid-break, thank our patrons, read out a review, and then when we get back, we'll figure out a way to flip this on its head. Ooh. What about main player character you think needs um, from any game franchise? We'll open it up here. Open it nice and wide. Um, main player character who needs therapy the most. Okay, so keep that in, in your mind uh, when we get back to it. Mid-break dance. Oh, you know what? It's Bioware night. We can do the Shepherd Shuffle. It's been a minute. Woo! All right. Welcome, welcome to the middle of the show. We don't have any fun facts to read out tonight, except for the fact that no, you are not hearing or seeing double if you are watching this. Uh, the twins are on the pod tonight, and it makes me happy. All right. We do have a new review to read out. CM Davis 85 via Apple Podcast um, back on July 14th. Thank you. Thank you. Five stars. I didn't want it to be over. I'm going to be completely 100% honest. I only started listening to this podcast specifically for the Mass Effect episodes. I listened to all of them. And just like the ending of Mass Effect 3, I didn't want it to end. But thankfully, the podcast itself continues on. The girls have definitely earned another fan in me, and I will be checking out the other episodes here soon. But until then, I should go. P.S. Jack is the best romance option. You cannot tell me otherwise. 
but I'm a dude and always play as bro Shep. You know what? I not a dude, but still agree that Jack is one of the best romance options. She's definitely one of the best romance options from my bro Shep. So I will agree with that. And of course, a huge shout out to our patrons, Toasty and Apollo, Becky and Bat Knight, Wynn and Missios, The Cups, Lizzie, Muffiny Cake, and our newest patron, Mackenzie M. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Big love, Major Hearts. I don't think we have anything to add to the middle of the show, so let's get back into it. Renegade Shepherd Shuffle back into the show. Those dances are so much fun. Okay. Player characters who need therapy. Oh my God. There are so many. I have one in my brain. The second that I said it was like that one. Um, Let's hear from other people. Apollo, did you think of anybody or Bat Knight? Well, my knee-jerk reaction was to say Batman, but he's, you know, he, there is video games with him in it, but let's face it, that's been that's been done to death. So instead, I will go with one of my other all-time favorite uh, video game franchises and talk about uh, Dante from Devil May Cry. Mm. First of all, we've got, you know, abandonment issues between his parents. We've got, uh, and his brother, he thought was dead for ages. Then when we find out his brother isn't dead, there's the whole running feud amongst those two that they're literally killing each other because they're half demon and can do that. And then let us not even start at the fact that how much he had a crush on Trish, who was designed and created to look like his mother. Oedipus Complex, hello. So, yeah, there's a lot going on with that character that's just, yeah. I love the dude. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my all-time favorite game characters, but if you look at it too closely, it gets really, really weird. It doesn't sound like you have to look that closely. <laughs> the mom thing really threw me off. I played those games and I don't remember that, but it was so long ago that I played one of them or two of them. Which was the one where his brother was in it? Dante, what was his brother's name? Virgil. Virgil. I loved Virgil. Uh, No, uh, Trish is introduced in the, okay, canonically it goes three, uh, I want to say one, then the anime, which I have, then four, then five, and then we don't talk about two. So, uh, and then uh, uh, Trish was introduced in the original game, and there's, uh, number one, it's, it's in the opening scene after their whole introduction, she takes her sunglasses off all, you know, femme fatale like, and he's like, oh, you know, and then it shows a picture of his mother sitting on his desk, and she looks just like her. And then later on, she gets attacked by a, uh, or she, tr- she tries to betray Dante, and in the process of betraying him, it goes kerflui, and something heavy is about to fall on top of her, and he saves her. And she asks, she literally says, you know, I, I was trying to kill you. Why are you helping me? And he goes, uh, you know, because you remind me of my mother. And then she tries to, like, step forward and say something. He's like, don't come any closer, you devil. Uh, you know, you have her face, but you'll never have her fire. And it, it, it's this whole thing. So, but, yeah, it's, I mean, Mundus even point blank says, I made her to look like your mother because I knew that would get your attention. I can make, I can make you a companion to look like whatever you want. He was trying to, you know, bring him onto his team, but yeah. Do we need to put I, this fucked up relationship on the list? Yeah, I got problems with making a companion for him. And then he chooses to go the route of, let's make your mom. Well, then there's, I mean, they kind of make it from, from other than that one game. When she because she shows up in four, she shows up in five, and it's always more of her and her, uh, her and Lady busting Dante's chops. Like it's no longer romantic at that point. Although you know, like I said, it's heavily alluded in the original game, and then it's kind of hinted at 
when Lady and Trish actually meet each other, that there's like this rivalry for Dante's affection. But then by the time it's all said and done, the, there's just a three-person team going on. Okay, three-way. No, I don't think this is going to be a good one. Let's put this one on the list to analyze the characters, though. I was like, I don't like the 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 lady and Trish fighting over a boy. Ew, gross. Ew, boy. No, he's my can't. son. You can't have him, Trish. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> I don't like it. I'll be your mommy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to put that on the list it's now. I'm gonna put it on the list right now. Um, Dante definitely needs therapy, and he also needs someone to be like. Bro, stop. None of them. Neither of them. Just work on yourself. Question. Why? Did he... Was that a quote when he said, like, you might look like or have her face, but you'll never have her fire? That is literally... That is literally the line from the game. He what tells her, don't thing. somebody close her, and he's like, got a gun trained on her. And he says, you may have her... Talking about his mother. He's like, you may have her face, but you'll never have her fire. It's weird. And yet that's not the cringe line that everybody likes to point out. Everybody loves to point out the, you know, should have uh, should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light because that was so badly delivered. Voice acting has come a long way. Oh, his voice cracks on that line. That's part of the reason people give it so much, give it so much crap. He's like, I should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light. It, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay now this one's definitely going on the list just to it use sure really is. weird audio clips okay <laughs> apollo okay so mine i was trying i was trying to take a poster down to show as my person's when you thought i was messing with my camera but i'll just have to turn it around <laughs> this is who is my mm. person that needs therapy because Agreed. the amount of ptsd that girl has is insane plus the legitimate physical head trauma that she's gone through from being kicked in the head wait say say who it is for the listeners oh yeah ellie sorry ellie from last of us my fault the the physical head trauma that she's gone through she's been kicked in the head she's been beat in the head with the butt end of a rifle with the butt end of a shotgun she's been beat half to death i mean the girl's brain is in a bad, bad place from everything she's gone through. Like, the, she could use therapy more than anybody. So she needs, like, physical therapy in addition to, like, talk therapy. Okay. <laughs> she needs total therapy. Full body therapization. I mean, I don't think we have anything to add because yes. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much. Yes, uh, I agree. I definitely think that, I mean, the scars that she has on her arm, that probably limits her movement. Like, she's got a lot of scar tissue. And then repeated head trauma is definitely going to cause some issues. As someone with a very large scar on a part of her body, it's not only imp could impede your movement, but scars like that hurt. Like, they have nerve damage and shit. And if you don't have treatment for it, then, like, you would just get random stinging pains or throbbing or... So, like... She probably has pain from it too, and who that's she's got a bunch more scars than just the one on her arm. And I mean, she got fingers bitten off. That's not good. Honestly, and like amazed that she doesn't get any kind of infection. Like, there's just so much, and and that's not even like the stuff in the games isn't even it. Because like her whole entire childhood, just being born in that world alone is traumatic enough everyone she's ever loved before we even meet her pretty much is dead she doesn't really have any close connections except for riley and then she dies and like just poor ellie i really hope that the third game comes out soon so we can hopefully get a satisfying conclusion to her story agreed it would be nice to see something a happy ish happy enough ending for her all right, Miss Muffiny. Muffiny Cake, who are you bringing? This was actually a pretty easy one for me just because this is very fresh on my memory. But I'm going to pick Aloy because as wonderful as she is, she also had a really weird childhood. Um, you know, growing up super isolated with Rost, 
and as great as Rost was as somebody who could prepare you to survive, I don't really remember him being the most nurturing, like, yes, it's okay to cry dude in the world. So I'm sure she has, you know, and as is definitely demonstrated by all of her actions in all of the games, she's very good at just compartmentalizing all of her feelings but she never really deals with any of the trauma that she's seen because, you know, everything she's done and the fact that she has so much pressure on her to literally save everything because she's the only one or now not so much, but I don't want just in case there's people who haven't played the newest game and the DLC, but you know, she's normally the only one who really knows the stakes of what's going on and exactly how to fix it. So that's a ton of pressure in addition to just like the hot and cold of growing up, where nobody wants you to suddenly being like, you're the it girl. (laughs) Like you're on everyone's mind because you're the one who's going to solve everyone's problems. So just like that could probably do a lot to somebody's mind. And she doesn't really have a confidant so much. I mean, she has, she has friends, but she doesn't really have somebody, you know, Ross could have been that person, but he's gone. So I don't know. There's, there's really, she needs somebody to help guide her through her more difficult moments and maybe to kind of process what she's been through a little bit. Cause yeah. she's definitely going into the possibly being a, in a romance, hopefully. So definitely needs to get in touch with her feelings a little bit more <laughs> in order to do that successfully. Very much agree. Um And especially because it's like the way that she was raised in her childhood of being a complete outcast. She was literally shunned. Kids threw rocks at her. She was completely like, no, you're not allowed to have any form of interaction with any other human except for this one person. And this one person has also lived his life as an outcast. So probably hasn't had very much social interaction himself his whole family getting slaughtered and like like his trauma too not to mention like identity crisis after learning you're a clone like i can kind of sympathize a little bit because like being a twin you kind of always get compared to that other person who looks just like you so i kind of have a little bit of sympathy or i guess empathy for aloy because she's obviously you know when she learns she's a clone she's like i wasn't even born so you're there's just that much more degrees of separation between you and everybody else because you weren't born, but then also you're not even like an original human. So that's probably going to cause a lot of weirdness at first too. Just kind of random thought. (laughs) Yeah. But like child development too, like it affects kids brain development to not get hugs enough and like affection and nurturing, like you're saying, and like Rost, was so closed off trying to protect himself from feeling the pain he felt when his family died again. And then the only person who was capable of loving Aloy didn't demonstrate it in like a familiar, affectionate physical way, like hugs and snuggles and stuff. So no wonder all throughout Forbidden West, she's trying to push everybody away because she has no idea what it means to have friends or a family I think the closest thing she had towards feeling that was like, honestly, Elizabeth, like the, like her relationship to her, even though they will never meet and she's been dead for hundreds of years. Like, it's so sad. Like, I don't know, especially in the first game, like I just remember playing it and just like the way that she talks about her is so like, she's like, I'm trying, you know, she almost like she could meet her and she could talk to her. It was just like, that was like her closest friendship in in a way it was really sad yeah i don't know she makes me sad even though i love aloy she's like one of my favorite characters ever but she makes me a little sad she definitely needs the therapy and the help and some hugs <laughs> definitely more hugs errol would would love to hug her if she would just allow the man to just give her a hug yeah she really should i bet he gives good hugs too that's, I think he's the perfect person to kind of like chip through her ice because he kind of just is this big, goofy, like friendly guy. And I loved the end of the game. Spoilers. Uh, where uh, he has his arm around her. 
that made my head my heart so happy that was nice actually in forbidden west kind of you kept going back to the base and learning more about the people that you're gathering there and you're like oh aloy actually is having friendships and getting close to people and she's not just pushing everyone away it was really nice she still has a ways to go though <laughs> uh all right v i wonder if we can same brain this one or not what pc are we sending the therapy well i already picked mine who who do you as a player character, who are you going to send? Hawk. Oh, Hawk. Okay, yeah, I didn't pick Hawk. You can go. Oh, damn. No, that's what I thought we could... Oh, damn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, Hawk. Dragon Age 2. They have been through more shit. Hero Ferelden had it bad. You know, Shepard is like an even level of trauma. Like, it's either going to be Shepard or Hawk. One of those two desperately needs to go to therapy. Um, I think Hawks that romance Anders need therapy way more than the other Hawks because their boyfriend, like, blew up the Chantry and is a terrorist. So, <laughs> what are you like, saying? that just actually, I'm are just saying, saying Verata. I'm sorry. I'm saying that's extra trauma on top of everything else. Like on yet another betrayal. Yeah. No, I yeah. No, definitely my hawk needs more therapy than any of my other player characters that I can think of. Um because of, you know, you lose your 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 brother right in the beginning and then you lose your other either your brother or your sister uh you find you try to get into kirkwall and it is extremely difficult you have to commit some form of crime in order for that to happen and things just can keep compounding and compounding and compounding and then yes by the end of it somebody that you've considered very close to you for the last what 10 years seven years i don't remember how long dragon age is um it has a big betrayal at the end. Yeah. So uh, I think that Hawk definitely has the most post-traumatic that would need some talk therapy to help get through. You guys all went like the trauma route. The person I picked at first, I changed my mind just now, but like, I would just want her to go to therapy because she's an immature little shit. <laughs> That's Max Caulfield from Life is Strange. But um, I was going to Ellie needs it more. Yeah, Ellie does need it more. So going on the trauma route, I am then moving along to Life is Strange 2 and picking Sean because I swear to God, he is the best big brother in the entire world. And the entire game is just watching this beautiful 16-year-old boy full of hopes and dreams get his whole entire world destroyed first by racism and a cop shooting his freaking awesome, beautiful dad, Esteban. And then the whole rest of the game is his little brother, freaking Daniel, piece of shit with magical powers, just ruining everything. I love Daniel. I love Daniel. But everything that happens to Sean is directly because of freaking Daniel being an immature little shit. Freaking Sean. Yes. Daniel killed the cop. Daniel's the reason they have to go on the run. Daniel's the reason Sean loses his goddamn eye. Daniel's the reason that he has to go to prison in the quote-unquote good ending of the game. Not my game. Yeah, you got the better. The actual good ending is the one where Sean and Daniel end up in Puerto Lobos living out their life as criminals because guess what? Daniel can't stop telekinetic shit moving things with his brain and killing people or hurting people. He needs to get his shit together. So Daniel needs therapy too. But Sean is the innocent party in all of this. Okay, all he did was try to be a good big brother. What does he get for that? Freaking loses his eye, loses his dad, loses his girlfriend or boyfriend, loses freaking everything. His ability to draw at first for a while, his freedom. If you get the quote-unquote redemption ending, you go to prison for 15 years. It's the worst. That game messed me up, dude. And they did Sean so dirty. Only because mm -hmm. you played it like that. I didn't play it like that. And Daniel yeah, was a little shit in my game. <laughs> if you look up the guides, 
Life is Strange traumatized me. So I'm like not going to look up the freaking consequence. Like I have to look up the consequences because I don't want to see. Like I'm glad I did because you watched Chris get hit by a car and I didn't because I looked up the consequences to my choices. But my thing is, is like. I immediately replayed the chapter so he would live. Yeah, but like the whole the whole guides are like, do this, raise Daniel's morality and raise his brotherhood. So you get the good ending. And I didn't know what the good ending meant, but I was like, I want that. I want the good ending. I, I want the best for Sean. I love Sean. No, the good ending is Sean, like not racing through the police blockade into Mexico, but giving up and getting sent to prison. And oh, guess what? Daniel, the reason for all of this doesn't have to go to prison because he's only nine. Oh, no, wait, he's 10 at this time. So he just gets to go live with his grandparents and have a good old life while Sean gets to pay for all his crimes. It's the worst ending. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I That's need, a lot to process. I need therapy too. That, that game, <laughs> we have to talk about it because there is, there is romance in there. But like, Sean does I not. I thought you told me it was between minors, and one of the kids was like twelve. Oh no, 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 no! The, well, the, your little brother is like ten, but they don't have a romance. You are technically a minor though, because you're sixteen when it happens. But if the two romance options are legal adults or not, because I kind of think they are. And then now that's like, sure they are. I didn't even think about. They visibly look similar age in the game, but I think they're like legal adults, so he's finn the guy mm-hmm. he went to jail not juvie so i'm gonna assume he's an adult you can be prosecuted as a an adult at 16 yeah but sean's 16 and if the person he's romancing is like 19 or 20 i guess like it's not that big of an age difference but like it is at the same time it is so like in that part of your life those years are like dog years like you you age up a lot every year so a 16-year-old and a 20-year-old, very different places, mentally, developmentally, everything. So now that yeah. takes on a whole new light with those romances. Yeah, but so I'm, we don't, there's no, there's no like physical scene to analyze, but I'll happily analyze their relationship because it was bad. All of it was bad. Sean deserves better. I want Sean to just be happy. We will put this game on the list for sure because holy crap, that seemed like a lot of character analysis to go through. Um, that and you've enjoyed the game, and it's been something that you know the, we did the first game. Now we got to do the second game, even if they're not a continuation of the same story. But um, yeah, dude, um, yeah, no, the, the actually Life is Strange True Colors healed my heart a little bit. That those have really good romances. Like we have to do the that game, but the second game really broke my heart. I'm just telling. If any of the developers ever hear this, you hurt me. As we wrap up the show for the night, and before we tangent any further, um, let's do name a character you would want to be your therapist. Like you, actually, personally, you think of that person. Who would you want to be your therapist from a video game? Bat Knight, you have somebody in mind. Let's go with it and do your outro plugs as you're doing it. Morden Solus. <laughs> Morden. As far as plugs, uh, the, the quest for uh, affiliate is getting ever closer. I'm almost at 50. And so... I'm I've actually I got a couple of people stopping me at the con for my picture when I was in cosplay today and I'm like, hey, do you go on Twitch? <laughs> so, shameless plug That's there. So. Cool. It's not shameless. It is outro plug time, baby. Go for it. That's the and whole then, point. I don't think they're gonna see this, but uh my team on uh uh the ES, uh, the Extreme Ghostbusters League is the atomic weight of cobalt fifty eight point nine. We're in the playoffs. Our first match was today. I think we actually won. So. <laughs> Yay. Well, Ghostbusters. Um, okay. Apollo or Muffiny? Did you think of somebody? Who do you want to be? Apollo. You want. Um, because I think she can learn. I'm going to go Edie. I feel like Edie could take all of psychology, all of history process it and probably be a really good therapist 
I like it. That and Trisha Heffler has a relaxing enough voice that she would feel very soothing to have talking at me. Yeah, I could see that. You got anything cool going on? What's your next concert? Uh, Next Friday is a, a, a Beatles cover band. That's my next concert. Mm-hmm. A one that was endorsed by George Harrison's sister or daughter, one of those things. So it should be pretty good. And we literally have front row center tickets so should be good hell yeah muffiny cake who's your therapist i'm gonna pick brewster from animal crossing (laughs) honestly he gives really good advice and he's a really good listener (laughs) also coffee free coffee can't beat it that's a solid choice also like his office coffee shop is in a museum, so you can even have an activity afterwards. It's great. It's perfect. Sitting in front of a fish tank can definitely be a really good mental break. With a cup of coffee. Thoughts and feelings out. You have your coffee. And you go cry it out behind a shark tank. It's great. <laughs> Who would you pick, Jen? Oh, gosh. I mean, my first thought was Morton, but then I also realized that maybe I don't really want that. But he would talk too fast and try to get through all of my stuff way too on a whole different level. And I don't know if I can match that level of energy. Um, Matriarch Theta, Liara's dad. Uh, she's a bartender, but she also is really grounded. And I really do like her voice also. And she's got like a thousand years of experience. And likes chicks with big boobs. So I think we'd get along. Like, match made in heaven. But I, I mean, wavered between her and Edie, but then I, I went Edie. Yeah. And she's part croaking, so she'd understand my anger management issues. What about you, V? Or should I do my half of the plug? Oh, no, it's okay. I mean, I, I would pick Hancock from Fallout 4 because... He would, first of all, know exactly what drug I would need if I needed one. He would help me build confidence because I don't have that much. And he has it in spades. And I just like his his vibe and his like morals where he helps good people and hurts bad people. I can get behind that. I feel like he'd give me some sage advice. You'd also want him to get behind you. And mm-hmm. if you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can now find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-host, Toasty, where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things Cyberpunk. <laughs> Damn it, I tried to hold it together, but that one was a really good line. And, of course, you can find us in our Two Girls, One Ship channel on the Robots Radio Discord. And come give us a follow on all of the social medias and on patreon.com slash ship. Links to those are in the description. V, did we end up creating that Threads account? Yeah. Because I heard that you automatically get one with an Instagram. Yeah, you just had to, like, open the Threads app. Okay. And you have one. Sweet, so we have one of those. I don't think we've posted anything, though. I posted a picture of me holding a kitten, just to have something. Oh, cute. (laughs) Okay. Oh, is it my turn? (sighs) Okay. Well, you can apparently find me getting railed in the old state house in Boston by Hancock, right above the third rail bar, and also in the Robots Radio Discord, and on our own Two Girls (laughs) Friendship Discord server, where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check our live streams on Twitch on Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) And remember that beauty is in the eye of the controller. (laughs) Hermana, your segue just said that you could find yourself getting railed on the Robots Radio Discord. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You could find me getting railed on the third floor rail and on the Robots Radio Discord. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. I'm not getting railed on the Discord, but maybe in the third rail. (laughs) 
<laughs> Apparently. That's what you said. <laughs> that I'm dating my therapist? I mean, yes. You know who else did that? What's her face from Lucifer? I would totally do that if I were her. If Lucifer was my client. Hell yeah. Oh. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.